This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at stdave.org. You meant well. You woke up this morning early and you said it's Ash Wednesday. Maybe you said, I will fast. And maybe you said, I will go to church. You didn't make it to 7 a.m. You didn't make it to noon. So you slipped out tonight and you got here at 7.30. Or maybe you didn't make it at all and you're watching us from home. <laughs> There's something about this season that invites us into this liminal space, the season of Lent, and invites us into this strange set of disciplines. And we find out almost immediately how challenging this is. We find out almost immediately. We get up in the morning and we mean to do well. We think we're going to think a little more about God. We're going to read some scripture. We're going to do whatever the thing is. But then we get to work and we get moving and we have conversations and we get excited and happy or we get frustrated and angry. And all of a sudden we find ourselves distracted, doing other things. Or maybe it's more than distracted. Maybe it's because something has happened to us over time that has maybe hardened us a little. And maybe for some of us, the idea of taking on some new Lenten discipline, frankly, is just exhausting. And our minds are a little blank about what should I do. Maybe we feel like the poet Sally Ito in her poem at the beginning of Lent, Ash Wednesday, where she writes, my mind is a brick and nothing gets through. The porous sponge of my youth is desiccated into a slab of stone. Paint the ashes on such a surface, on such a surface is an idle act or a leap of faith by the bestower. For the mind, while receiving this mortal dust of sacrifice, is wandering through the temple maze of cellars, wondering what to buy, eat in the morrow. Well, there'll be no sugar, caffeine, or even meat. The beans will need soaking, and the fish bought fresh, and on and on she goes. No sooner does she begin than she's already annoyed. She's already measuring it wondering if it was the right choice. Her mind is already wandering through the temple maze of cellars. Like all of our minds do so much of the time. Sometimes I wonder if my mind isn't really just a buying machine. What is the next thing I need to do? What is the next thing I want? What is the next thing I want to do? What other need, what other need of mine do I need to satisfy? So we get up in the morning on Ash Wednesday and we commit ourselves. We're going to do better this time. We're going to get this. And maybe, maybe you are doing this year what I have done many, many years in my life. Maybe you have decided to take on something huge. You're going to lose 25 pounds in Lent. And it's all because you want to honor the Lord. It doesn't have anything to do with the way you look in the mirror. Or maybe you say, I'm going to read the whole Bible, start in Genesis and all the way to Revelation. I'm going to do it. I'm going to give up alcohol entirely. I'm going to be a vegetarian the entire season. 
I'm going to stop cussing. I'm going to stop smoking. Just fill in the blank. Whatever the big thing is. And if that's how you're feeling and you're feeling moved and led to that, I want to encourage you to do that, to take that on. But I also think it might be good to think about this from a little different perspective. Sometimes I wonder, much like New Year's resolutions, and I think Lent also becomes that time when we take on something huge and we give it a shot. And it's sort of like when you decide to start working out again, when you haven't worked out in a year and you go to the gym and you work out for three hours and then you really just regret it for the next week (laughs) because everything hurts and everything's sore. Or when you were in school, or maybe you still are in school, when you thought the best way to prepare for an exam was to just jam it into your head for three days straight. Never mind, you didn't pay any attention all semester. Jam it all into your head in three days, and then go take the exam. And then you find yourself blanking on the information. Because finally, we know that none of those things are the way that we receive mastery of anything. It's not always the big attempt that moves us down the road in the life of faith. So I would invite you to look at your bulletin because I think this liturgy itself helps us with this. Look at your bulletin and look past the gospel lesson and you'll see the invitation that Father Chad is going to read to us in a few minutes. It's an invitation to the season. He'll give us a little history about what Lent is for. And then look at the bottom of the last paragraph. And it says that you are invited to a season of self-examination, repentance, prayer, fasting, self-denial, reading and meditating on God's Word. Now, at first blush, you might say, those are huge things. Those are all colossal things. As a matter of fact, it looks like I need to take these six weeks off work and check into a monastery or a convent to really focus on these things. And that might be a really good thing to do one day in your life. But actually, given the nature of that gospel lesson and how Jesus invited us into this very subtle, very quiet, very interior thing, Maybe the nature of this invitation is not so colossal. Maybe think about these things as small things, as small bites. One little thing. Just take on that one little thing. Every day, I'm going to pause for a moment before I speak and do a little self-examination. Before whatever's going to come out of my mouth comes out of my mouth. That's self-examination. Doesn't it take long? Just commit yourself to doing it at least one time a day. Repentance, that thing that you have just recently begun to struggle with or that thing that you've been struggling with your whole life, I swear, friends, sometimes I think when I confess my sins to God, I want to say, here I am again confessing the same old sin. Just over and over and over. That little thing that you really need to work on. Just repent of it once. Don't do it. Once during the day. Prayer. This is not something that requires you to get up at four o'clock in the morning unless you like four o'clock in the morning. 
But maybe it's the peripatetic prayer of you wandering about your life. You're driving in traffic. Just turn the radio off for a few minutes. Pray. Open your heart and your mind to God just for a minute. Fasting. Oh, isn't that just the perpetual part of who we are? We just kind of constantly wander through this temple maze of sellers, wondering what to buy, what to eat. Sometimes I wonder if I am less a consumer and actually being consumed. Like if my primary purpose on this planet is to buy something. So just one little stop. I won't buy that thing that just came to mind. I won't eat that thing that I think I want. Just one thing. Say no to yourself once a day. And take that moment as a breath, just a breath of that constant obsession with the next thing I think I need. Self-denial is the same thing. They go together. Just say no for a minute. That incessant appetite that drives all of us just say no for a minute. And then reading and meditating on God's word. Sure, you want to read the whole of scripture through, add through Lent, go right ahead. But maybe it's not an hour a day. Maybe it's one chapter. Just pick one book in the Bible. One chapter. It'll take you five minutes to read one chapter of scripture. Each one of these things, a small invitation to a small thing, and they build on one another over and over. And we learn something that we know, that the best way to go after that hard stone that she's talking about, that slab of stone that sometimes our hearts and our minds have turned into, is not to take a jackhammer to it. It's the best way to get after stone. It's a drip of water and another drip of water and just a more water, just steady, slow, over and over. And that begins to cut into the stone. It begins to cut into the stone of our minds and our hearts. It's slow. It's gentle. It's cumulative. And finally, it makes a huge impact. And it begins... With this liturgy tonight, this small thing that we have all committed to, we've come together, we're spending an hour together in this room, just to begin this process. Rowan Williams, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, who compiled this collection of poems, says this about the liturgy of Ash Wednesday. He said, the liturgy of Ash Wednesday is the music and the massage that softens us to our own need. The liturgy of Ash Wednesday is the music and the massage that softens us to our own need. It is the beginning of the slow drip, drip, drip that softens the stone of our hearts, softens the stone of our mind, and softens us to our own need beyond that consumptive need and instead revealing that true, profound need that is true for all of us and is to be known by God, to be loved by God, 
and to be forgiven by God. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You can find more lectures and sermons on iTunes by searching for St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas, or visit our website at stdave.org and click on the podcast button.